welcome to Fur What It's Worth, an introduction and immersion into the furry fandom. Who can divide by zero? Chuck Norris. And now, here are your two fools, Rue and Tugs. Morning. This is Rue opening the show one more time this week. No, we're not doing this again. Why? Because we did it last episode. <laughs> it was beautiful. Our audience will get bored of us. What do you mean, will get bored of us? I think they already have. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it's bored with us, not of us. <laughs> They're boarding us. So, Tugs. What? What have you been up to? I know. I put that in my in the show notes. I just put X. I don't know what I've been up to. I am changing uh, to a new prof- to a yeah new profession starting in a few weeks. Yeah, I heard that you got a new job. I did. Congratulations, yes, by the thank way. You. So I've got another week and a half of time off, and then I have to give a crap about the man. Yeah. It's nice when you don't have to care about the man so much for a while, you know, like you get that break. But yeah, but the thing is, is you have endless hours to yourself. That sounds like, like wonderful to me. I, you know, it's fun, but. I don't know. It just gets boring after a while, I think. Yeah. But what else have you been up to? Not much. It's only been like, what, five or six days since we recorded last? Yeah, We brought that episode out fast. I know. Well, basically the changes that I have is, you know, I basically changed my schedule at work and um, been playing a few new board games. Woo! What board games? Talisman. Never heard of it. I don't know. It's Is it like fun. Monopoly? It's kind of like Monopoly. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a <laughs> it's game like that takes a long time to play. It's like a three-hour game. What's this Labrat? Oh, no. I was just saying that I've changed my schedule at at work. So I'm Labrat now, you know? So does that mean like you're just that? someone's bitch? Or like, fetch me the uranium and you go get it? Basically, Do you yeah. wear a lab coat? Yes, I do, actually. What color is it? It's white. Do you, people like it like fancier lab coats? The longer they've been there, or the more important they are. Um, the FDA does. What? Well, they either say FDA, but yeah. Well, when the FDA comes, they come. They come in like with these like blue, like dark blue, dark black, like uh, lab coats. They look like they're like from the Ministry of Magic or like <laughs> like some like Sith Lords or something. Like, seriously, when it comes to the FDA, you want to, like, steer clear of them. Like, I saw them, and I was like, I'm going downstairs. <laughs> really? Yeah. Do they arrive because... in, like, in like groups, too? Are they, like... Yeah, they're, like, all in groups, and they have, like, papers, and they're, like, writing things and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, they're... I don't know. It's... They're really kind of scary. That sounds kind of scary. Like... Yeah. Well, or... they could shut down the business. That's That's how... That's how bad it is. So you have to make sure that... Like, even my manager came up to me and she's like, don't talk to them. Don't look at them. (laughs) Just continue to work. And if they ask you a question, make it as simple as possible. And if you don't know the answer, then just basically don't speak. (laughs) Just look at, what if you're the only one? What? What if you're the only one? Do you just stare at them awkwardly? Well, you just basically say, oh, well, let me get me, let me get my manager. Let me get somebody that would know the answer to that question. Okay, okay, I get that. There was something, new game I've tried. I don't know what it is. I'm lame, huh? Yes, you I've are. Been, I've been really into like killing people in 14, Final Fantasy 14 lately, because I discovered PvP finally. Yeah. It's it's quite fun to go and be like, you're a bitch, I'm going to kill you. 
and then run away because you know. Well, you have an excuse for for nothing going on. I mean, come on, you you're starting a new job. Oh, so. I know, I know. I've just been enjoying killing people. Yeah, killing people's nice sometimes. <laughs> and you... now somebody's gonna knock on our door. And <laughs> Never mind. Like the police. <laughs> really? Well, sting people. Never sting mind. the police. That's so funny. Anywho, so you know what? We have a clarification that we need to let you guys know about. Yes, we're not going to San Diego Comic Con. We're going to Salt Lake Comic Con, which is almost as big. Which I would love to go to San Diego Comic Con because that's where Smash Brothers is. They're doing like a reveal or like, I don't know, a tournament or something like that. A tournament? Is that like when tortoises fight? Yes. A tournament. Yes. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey! It's Rue's cookie time! You actually remembered the cookie! I thought you had forgotten. No! Why Why would I forget? I don't know! I never forget about the cookie! So, let's, let's hear it. Alright, so this is what today's fortune reads. It reads... Your ability as a lover will not go unrecognized in bed with a cookie. <laughs> How, how's that working out for you? What? The cookies in bed? Yeah. Let me tell you, food play is pretty amazing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding! <laughs> Alright, and on that note, I'm going to push this other button. No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, hold tight a little longer. Well, we're back, and we're with our guest, Mewtwo. Not Mewtwo. Not Mewtwo? He is a Mewtwo. Well... Sound ominous and cool for a second. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> hey out there, uh, my name's Lucas. Uh, well, that's the name of the Mewtwo persona that you'd know me by. No, my FA is, or, uh, is just Mewtwo. I got, I got lucky to get that one. I got in there early. Was that back when you were like on CompuServe and you had to <laughs> dial up to get to FA? N- no, I don't think FA existed, or at least I didn't know about it back when uh, I was on dial up, but... Dragoneer wasn't born yet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like, who are you? Who are what, you? What are you? How long uh, have you been in the fandom? How many conventions have you okay. been to? Uh, I have known that I've been a furry since I would say about 16, 17, which is about 13, 14 years ago. Uh, I've been going to... Uh, Anthrocon for five years now. Uh, I am lucky enough to live 20 minutes from Anthrocon. I'm just imagining all the people that want to punch me through the internet now that I've said that. Why would they want to punch you for that? Because they have to fly out from hours or, or, or across countries or continents or people have to drive 20 hours and I can roll out of bed and drive to the hotel for the con. You should be staying at the hotel. I am Good because boy. I suit. Uh, and my wonderful boyfriend, James, made his Mewtwo suit and one for me as well. And we have to stay at the hotel because 
you don't not stay at the hotel when you're suiting. Well, and it's good for the con. That too. It's a big bargaining chip. Yep. So has, is AC your only con or have you been to other cons? Uh, right now it's my only con, but in a couple of years, I'm probably going to branch out to some other ones too. It's just, it's just so convenient having the biggest con in the world in your backyard. So tell us how you got into Pokemon. Did you play red and, and uh, blue? Uh, I did. I picked that up right at the beginning. I've always been into RPGs. Uh, and I was drawn to Mewtwo. I liked that his character was an outcast. I saw a lot of that in me and compared that to him. Uh, except he was able to just blast the shit out of anybody that... Uh, tried to do him wrong and that I really wished I could do that at the time. So I got drawn to Mewtwo then and uh just stuck with the character ever since. Hmm. Uh, so if you had your way with Congress, would there be a huge amount of destruction? Oh there there it would become a Mewtwo run utopia. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason we have you on is obviously because you are apparently one of the aficionados of the culinary type. Meaning you like vor. So explain to us, what is vor? All right. At its most base level, vor is either wanting to eat another creature or wanting to be eaten by another creature. Now that's going to mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. Uh, some people, they like the idea of taking it to where they give their life for somebody else. Those are the people that are into death and digestion and finality and... There's other people that play out that scenario in their head and they don't want it to be permanent. So you have like magic reviving the character. They pass through harmlessly or something of that nature. Vor is going to be a lot of different things to different people. Uh, for, for some people, and uh, it took me a while to figure this out for myself, Vor is just very, very intense bondage if you take the death element out of it so you are in a very tight confined space controlled by somebody else you'll get a lot of bdsm crossover i think in that element but uh vor isn't just that one thing but if you break it down from the base level of being eaten or eating somebody else you can go a lot of different ways so let's let's take your definition there. And actually, we have an email from someone named Kane, who is actually the reason we're doing this episode, and uh, we can do a compare and contrast. He says, okay. I, have, I have to say I was quite surprised when my email actually spawned an episode on a topic I'm greatly versed in nonetheless. Well, I promised a detailed response should you ever choose to cover the subject, so here it is. It wasn't that long, but good length. Here it is. Being in the Vorphilia community, I know there are many different reasons people are interested in it, and it's different for everyone. Obviously, being animals, there's a lot of predator and prey play drawn from our respective species choices, although this is not always the case. I know many people with prey species who love to do the nomming, and likewise the inverse with normally predatory carnivorous species. For many, it's domination and submission at its most primal. You are their food, and nothing more will be treated as such. As for me, I tend to take the gentler route with Vor. I imagine it as a deeply intimate and romantic activity. Non-Vorfers might give me strange looks when hearing me describe it as such, but hear me out. I like to take the prey role myself in Vorwell plays, and I'm always usually willing and consensual. I'm giving myself to you as an ultimate expression of trust, and likewise, you're trusting me and allowing me into the deepest depths of your being. Being surrounded and contained in someone I care about wholly and completely, and being close to their heart in both a metaphorical and physical sense, 
there are a few things I can imagine being more intimate. Or, sorry, there are fewer things. Anyway, thanks for actually dedicating an entire episode to this topic. I can't wait to hear the episode and see what you guys come up with for this. Looking forward to more, as always. Kane. P.S. I do live in Hawaii. Because we were great about that. So... How does his view differ from yours there? It sounded like there was a lot of similarity. I, I wanted to give you a slow clap during that because that is just so in line with a lot of my thoughts on this topic. Vor, now, as funny as it is being a Mewtwo and playing as one, which people normally think as powerful, dominant, you know, almighty, I play as a prey and a sub more often than anything. And a lot of it is trust and giving myself to somebody else in that regard now i'm one of the people that just i i get squicked by the permanent death aspect so if i'm playing that out there's always a reason that i'm coming back for one reason or another but if i'm giving myself to somebody in that regard it's just taking that submissive role and just playing it to the nth degree uh that that totally syncs up with uh my view of it is what from what was in that email. So this um, there's I've heard various terms, but obviously uh, you'll be able to clarify. I've heard there's a soft vor and then there's hard vor, but what there's a whole spectrum of it, right? Right. Okay. So now soft vor being the you're usually eating somebody whole. I mean, the, so they're still alive within you for the amount of time until whatever happens after that. The hard vor being pretty basic rip and tear. You're chewing them up. There's blood there. You know, it it's more violent, so to speak. I see way more soft vor than I do hard within pretty much all of the communities that I look over. So. I, I think more people are into the basic idea of Vor, but want to detach from the gruesome reality of what happens when, if they were to actually eat somebody or something. So is this, is, is Vor a sexual thing to some people? It can be. Or- it, is, it is for me. Uh, I know a lot of people it isn't, or they can play it either way. Uh, so, I mean, I know some people that just completely detach themselves from that. And, you know, there's absolutely no sexual kick to it. And I know people that pretty much, you know, that's a given part of the scene for them. So, I mean, just as you're going to have people that look at it as different things, your broad, your range of people that view it sexual or not is going to be as broad as people that how they view Vor in general. So how did you discover Vor, then? Uh, there is somebody that goes by the name Mr. Ebony now. Uh, he went by some prior names way back in the day on uh, before Acus Portal was even open on some prior Vor sites. And uh, I saw some stuff that he had written some blurbs about Pokemon and Vor. And given I was looking up anything possible relating to Pokemon while I was still discovering myself as a furry, I stumbled onto this and really started getting into the stories. But that isn't the only thing. If you look at video games from, you know, like Kirby, uh, King of the Monsters, just so, some of the more, even some of the lesser known ones. If you just go on YouTube and look at Vor and video games, it, if you, without even realizing it, you're subjected to, or, well, not so much subjected to, that implies negative, but you will see so much 
content of a character eating another even look back at old cartoons you know tom and jerry what's the goal trying to eat the mouse you have the dog trying to eat the cat sometimes and so on and so forth so a lot of things will get somebody into vor between cartoons old games and pokemon it kind of combined from there uh, you know this this brings up to me it makes me think of yoshi it's like yes think about I, that and smash it's like actually like it being eaten by by Yoshi, and then you know what what ends up going on is you end up getting put through the process of being encased in an egg and and for some people that's viewed as a permanent scenario, some people they just come out of the egg, and some people uh you know play it to where they're transformed into a Yoshi character from that. I've seen that taken all manner of different ways I mean Yoshi is pretty much the ultimate thing in any kind of you know major media of cute and vor outside of kirby and i dare say yoshi's the more popular character so a lot of people could get into it from him what did you think of bowser's inside story <laughs> i had not played that one i did read up on it and where the entire game is a vor scenario isn't so much a hit for me as much as individual attacks that result in a you know viewing vor uh now are are you one of those uh fans of vor out there that you see like i don't know what they call it like it's a close-up shot of someone's muzzle opening or something a uh, maw shot maw shot okay there we go new word uh do you do you go and look for maw shots no i'm i've haven't been one for the maw shots myself. It's more the whole picture, not just looking into the abyss, so to speak. Because I think this is just a guess. I could be wrong. The ones that are more of the looking into the abyss are more the ones that are viewing it as finality and end, you know, that may have the death aspect in there, what they're looking for. And I'm not in that group so i bet if you pose that question to the people listening you might find that to be the case with the ones that look for the maw shots and their views on vor we want to know write us now stop <laughs> the episode and send an email and then finish the episode <laughs> so here i go again i get the sexual question to ask but here we go so i know this is a different type of vor but um Talk a little bit about anal vor. What is anal vor? Oh, good lord. That's uh, not I mean, on the show pretty notes. much exactly what it sounds like. Uh, somebody entering somebody else through the back door. I'm not as big on it, but I've played it here and there. I do have a couple pictures of it more as a back and forth tit for tat kind of thing with somebody. But, uh, I mean, I know it's possible to take things, and uh, the first thing that comes into my mind is that episode of South Park where they all started eating through their butts and crapping out their mouths, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, there's also uh, Cockvore, which I've seen, which is the same concept, right? Uh, That it is, uh, though usually what happens in that regard is, well, more is going to be different. It's going to be like turned into the end product of what comes out of there. (laughs) So it's like super sounding. Uh, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of anal, I mean not anal vor, but ear vor. 
Ear for. Ear for. Why not ear for? There's 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 every kind of where you could think of. I've seen somebody that has I mean, you see a lot of tail, you know, people that have big tails. I've seen a one that big uh, Pokemon 4 magazine that just came out had a scene where a Mewtwo had a tail that could eat people. And uh, I quite enjoyed that because it was so perfectly done by the artist. Uh, you have, as you said, th- the, more, the more odd kinds, something through the ears. I've seen hair being able to do that. There's this one fur that I see that keeps getting commissions of him being taken in through somebody's belly button. I've seen a fur that's like its hind paws open up to absorb somebody. Basically, somebody find any part of a body and absorb somebody into it and call it part of the Vore fandom. What is this Pokemon Vore magazine? Like, we all had this look of, there's a magazine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called Poke Nom and Rocco, you, Rocco, you owe <laughs> me for this. Uh, it's the the username uh, on FA is Swallowtail Productions. This just came out. Uh, the, I figured, well, normally you'd see this as blatant advertising, but I don't work for these guys. But you know what? It was a great magazine, and uh, hopefully this drives a few people their way. I mean, if they if they're listening for the war episode, they'll probably either be thinking about this, pick it up right away, or they probably already have it. Uh, but they did two magazines, a mild version, which is more like less adult, and the spicy version, which has all the really naughty bits. And uh, uh, it was just a great piece of work all around. I'm looking right now. <laughs> I'm curious. Oh, it, digital downloads are not even printed? Uh, no, it is printed. I picked up the printed copy at Anthrocon. That's where they did the first distro of it. Uh, but you can get either or. They were doing a, a pre-order special where if you got both uh, physical, then they gave you the digitals. But you know what? Even if you just get the digital, I, th- I think it'd be, it'd be a good buy. Oh, I see. There's like a gift preview. Oh, okay. Like, like all the artists that were involved in this, uh, they did like a little teaser of one of the pages, uh, so you kind of get an idea what you're in, you know, what it's going to look like. So, if someone's interested and they've always been a little curious, is that a good place for them to start? Uh, it's it it'd definitely be a good be a good place to start for stuff that you're buying, but if you're just looking around, just just going on for affinity ink bunny weasel whichever and just searching vor and then whatever other thing they're interested in will probably give them a nice starting place to look at so we have one question before we go to break and it's it's a dumb question but it's really one i've i've wondered on a serious level from time to time because again not my thing when you go eating do you get a response out of that can you get a response out of that like uh, I think that's kind of rare. I don't. If I'm sitting down at dinner or whatever, I'm usually not thinking about that. But So it's like an entirely separate thing. If I'm thinking about Vore, it's about like if I'm already having a role player or a pitcher or something in mind. I don't just like go to Golden Corral and eat chicken and be like, hmm, I'm thinking about eating somebody. <laughs> Well, well, in, I mean, Rue and I have, I think we've discussed that too. We're like, is it, I, we wouldn't think so, but you know, it's just, we're, we're aliens to the, to this world. Yeah. Well, me, both of us, both of us aren't necessarily, um, like into war, so we don't necessarily completely, um, it, and that's kind of the reason why we're doing this episode. Yeah. That's why you know, I'm here, it gives isn't us it? It's an opportunity to, to learn a little bit about 
that it. But you know what? But while we're on the subject of what I would call a dumb question, are there other dumb questions that you get asked a lot? Uh, I'm not usually the one. I mean, I'm not usually the one getting asked. It's more. I think it's more the artists, the ones that are drawing the stuff that are getting asked a lot of those kind of questions because the artists are the ones taking commissions of all manners of different kind of work. So they'll get asked, are you into all this kind of stuff yourself? And a lot of times it's just what they're paid to draw. And so one person, like I'll give you a perfect example that, uh, one of the people that I commissioned that was just a hell of a deal, uh, they got commissioned for one kind of war and, uh, a bunch of people saw it and they're like, wow, that looks awesome. And suddenly they're getting swamped with like, five weeks worth of my little pony war commissions and why? they I hadn't even thought that existed till now <laughs> I, I don't know why i get surprised by this this happens you know how long have you been part of this fandom uh, why are you surprised 13 years <laughs> 14 years yeah we me and him are about the same length yeah and yeah no it's just you know you hear it and you're like yeah i suppose that exists and then, Dude, rule 34. Come on now. I know. I know. I, I usually like, yeah, I got rule 34 down, and then it breaks me every now and then. <laughs> in a good way, though. In a good way. People do their thing. Uh, if, we're, if we're talking about breaking people on rule 34, I got something done with Rick Astley doing somebody just because I could. Did he eat someone? No. Th- this was entirely separate from Vor. This is just because I wanted to have something absolutely wrong involving Rick Astley. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. No, 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 no. It, it's not. It's just an image of him doing somebody. Oh, That's oh, it. it's I, I, just yeah, okay. I, I I knew it wasn't music. I meant like describe it. Oh, that's all it was. It, I ah. had a package deal with somebody to do forty-five images for me because they needed a lot of money, and I had it to help them at the time. And well, they were, were up to into the latter half of it. He's like, "What do you want for number 34 I'm like, "Okay, thirty-four. We'll do rule thirty-four of Rick Astley." Oh my gosh! Because. Well, that's a great note to go to our to our main break on. So we're going to go to Space News, and then we'll be back. Hailing frequencies open. Smokescale Quad is here with another round of updates. As of July 26th, here are your space headlines. NASA and Google are currently testing three 10-inch wide robots called SPHERES, short for Synchronized Position Hold Engage Reorient Experimental Satellites, aboard the International Space Station. These three small robots are free-floating and propel themselves using CO2. They've been aboard since 2006 and have been put through numerous tests and even helped astronauts with their work. They're currently being upgraded to interface with Google's Project Tango smartphones, which contain 3D sensors. This will allow the robots to map out the station's interior as they go about their duties. The idea behind these devices is to provide assistance with regular housekeeping on board station, which could ultimately lead to automated maintenance of other machinery in space outside the station. SpaceX recently tested the viability of landing the first stage of its Falcon 9 rocket for a second time. After a successful launch of a communications satellite for Orbcom, the rocket made a re-entry burn and entered the atmosphere exceeding the sound barrier. It then fired its main engines again as it approached the surface of the Atlantic Ocean, deploying its landing legs. The camera on board captured these events as it landed at near zero velocity. Unfortunately, when the rocket tipped over, impact with the water created a hull breach, but this was expected. SpaceX is now confident they can put a rocket down on a floating landing pad. 
For the next few launches, the Falcon 9 must fly in expendable mode, using all its fuel to accelerate to place high-velocity geostationary satellites. But the missions after will give them a chance to soft land. Just another step forward in reusable rocket science. The Chandra X-ray Telescope recently celebrated 15 years in service. Launched aboard Columbia in 1999, the Space Telescope has provided a glimpse into our universe that traditional visible light-based systems simply cannot see. By observing in the X-ray range, Chandra can view distant objects obscured by dust and other interstellar particulate. It has observed matter in the accretion disk of black holes, examined the interior of nebula formed by supernovae, and even provided evidence of the existence of dark matter. Chandra, along with Hubble and Spitzer, continue to provide startling and dazzling images of our universe, furthering our understanding of what lies out there. Sierra Nevada's Dream Chaser is drawing international appeal as JAXA, Japan's space agency, signed an agreement to collaborate on the project. Missions and technologies would be shared surrounding the craft, and it brings about the possibility of launching and landing the vehicle in Japan someday. Other space agencies are interested as well, such as the European Space Agency and the German Space Agency, both having made similar agreements. This all comes around the same time that Dream Chaser reached the latest NASA milestone in the Commercial Crew Integrated Capability Program. Many of her key systems were put to the test and passed with flying colors, bringing her one step closer to flight. That's all we've got for you this time. For more space and space-related news, follow NASA and other related agencies on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. For what it's worth is rapidly coming up on the end of Season 3, which means it's time for an epic episode. But it won't happen unless we get your help. And since you're the best audience in the world, we know you'll deliver. So, what does furry mean to you? Call us at 469-44-FURRY or send your own recording to cast at forwhatitsworth.com and tell us your personal meaning of furry. Make sure to say who you are and what species you are and we'll get your audio on the air. Personal stories simple definitions, or pretty much anything will help make this an episode to remember. Again, call 469-44-FURRY or email your audio to cast at forwhatitsworth.com. From beautiful Pennsylvania, this is Ashtar the Rat, and you're listening to For What It's Worth. Before us, you could do worse, and you always have. And welcome back to our discussion about Vor. However, I don't have this button. Um, we, we have what breaking news. What does this button do? No, no, I, I, I thought I had the breaking news button, and I don't. We have breaking news from the I hate it. The breaking news from the onion is... What is it? Read that for us. Michael Bay gives fans a sneak peek at Ninja Turtles' hyper-realistic CGI genitals. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the news of the day, right there. <laughs> All I can say is that new Ninja Turtles. Like, seriously? I... <laughs> oh my gosh, I just saw that picture. That's horrible. It's so, true. So Are let's, you freaking serious? Let's get back to the noms. 
Uh, yes. We'll kick it off with Kira's email, which is actually the latter half of her email, which we started a few episodes ago, and we held on to this part. She says, I talked about this at great length on my podcast, and even though it's one of our least listened to episodes, I think my opinion on the matter will always be the same. Which is, I don't get it. My brain can't see the attraction. Don't get me wrong, I know all too well the pleasure of having someone inside you, but I really think that Vor is too far from my personal comfort. I have many friends who are into it, more than half my current podcast cast, and just hearing them talk about it shows me that it's like any other fetish, and I don't have to understand it to let others enjoy it. So, that's her thoughts on that. Now, do you run into that where people are like, I don't get it? Oh, I mean, I have a lot of people that I know that just aren't in into it uh my boyfriend you know is not into it at all but he doesn't begrudge me that and one of my, my best friends that i have known from the mewtwo fandom for ages gets absolutely squicked by it and i just don't bring it up around him so i mean some people are going to be into it some won't uh you know live and let live on that aspect it's just like how you're going to have people that aren't into the permanent vor or are or aren't into things like soul vor or interested in that so uh, the same thing applies to the whole genre what is soul vor where the you, you eat, eat or kill somebody individual, and right? they die and then their soul comes out of their body or the predator sucks it out and then consumes that and kills that as well. I like that anime actually, Soul Eater, that's pretty good. What? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's God. a good show. No, 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 I'm I'm curious what the reaction is. Why why the uh, uh I that like I already said with, this is just my personal thing given I already get squicked about death and finality and do all of the vor that i'm in to where nobody's permanently gone the soul vor is just somebody being like no i'm making sure you're gone so it's just something that is a total miss for me it's just something that i kind of avoid when i'm looking through the vor galleries but like i said to each their own well no i don't like it like it like i like it as an anime i don't Mm -hmm. it's not like a sexual thing for me though actually Corey's the guy who goes to golden corral yeah, totally. <laughs> no, I'm a fox. I always eat chickens. Yeah. Shut up. That's, it's a fox thing. So if you, since you know everyone in the furry fandom, uh, so, how widespread is this? Yeah. Uh, oh, it, I mean, it. Vore is just really common as far as F.A. goes. I mean, most of the, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how many images are on F.A. for Vore. I'm just, you know, let me do a search. Let's see how many. There are 109,728 things on FA that include VOR. I'd say that's a lot. Uh, so, I mean, anything can be combined with VOR. You've got Pokemon VOR, you've got Digimon VOR, you've got General Furry VOR, you've got just any individual niche of. And like the, it's gone as far as you know, as we've already discussed, rule thirty-four. You could have rule thirty-four if it exists. There's a vor picture of it somewhere. So it's that's as widespread as it is. It's everywhere. So on that note, does it exist outside the furry fandom? Hmm. Uh not as much outside furry. I wouldn't think. I put it this way. My work is very relaxed. I bring up furry stuff to people on a regular basis around there, but I haven't brought up Vor because I can explain furry, but talking to outside that fandom about the topic would uh, 
it would squick people pretty easy, I'd think. And I can't remember a single instance of me talking to a non-furry about it. You'll say, I mean, people have been exposed to the idea outside of furry, like with the cartoons and the games. But yeah, it's it, it's. I think a lot of it is Vor is going to be fantasy because, barring Hannibal Lecter or somebody, nobody's going to go out and try to go eat people. Oh, what happens? So. <laughs> I'm sure that there's people out there. I mean, if you think about, like, for instance, the baby fur community, like, there's baby furs, and then there are just people that, you know, that don't that do, do that, that, that don't do the furry part. So there, there right. should be no somewhere yeah, but, out there. If you were going to make a comparison to baby first, you've got the people that fantasize about it and the people that do it. But the people that do that in real life aren't really hurting anybody. But somebody trying to do vor in real life is either hurting somebody or themselves. You know, so uh, that's why it's mostly going to stay fantasy and it's going to stick to the furry and other fantasy fandoms when people think about it. So this this, this has brought up an interesting thought. Okay. Where where do you draw the line between a vor and cannibalism? Because cannibalism would be eating one of your own kind. So, like, if you ate another Mewtwo, that would be cannibalism, would it not? Or would it be uh, vor to you? I think. Well, I've had scenes where I've done that, uh, and had it done with me. Uh, I would say, I think it gets to cannibalism more when it's hard vor and there's that death and finality to it like if i do a scene with another mewtwo or a picture with another mewtwo and one noms the other and they come back and given psychics and the abilities that they have you generally more assume that there isn't going to be permanent death in those kind of scenes i'd say in that case it definitely is far away from cannibalism okay makes sense okay so do do most of your personal friendships revolve around this condom? Wow, condom. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. He meant to say common. I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. And the show has gone out the window. <laughs> So, so yeah, this this one condom that you have is you yeah know. this common thing. Uh, my my friendships more have revolved around the Mewtwo thing, but I, I know enough people that I've I have gotten to know through Vor first. It's usually through Mewtwo first with me, but yeah, I I know a few people, not everybody, but. I mean, it's pretty calming. You see a picture you like on one of the furry sites. You're like, oh, that's awesome. I hadn't thought of that before. Recently, I had somebody message me on a, about a series that I had done or a couple pictures that I had done a few years ago. And they said, hey, I loved your series so much and the idea of using that character that I got a whole series done with my characters with the same predator. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome because it was an underrepresented character, uh, specifically the fungus creature from Monster Maulers, an old uh, arcade game that you pretty much have to play on MAME. But uh, yeah, it's like you tend to run into somebody that gets something you like done or has or has drawn something that you end up liking as far as that and you get to start talking to either the artist, the per, the people involved in the image or both and you can get to know a lot of people that way. 
So do you have Vor parties at con? Like, do those exist? Uh, there are parties for fans of it, but it's not like you have people going into a room and pretending to eat somebody. It's usually people eating a lot of food, maybe watching some cartoons that have a Vorish theme to it and all drawing. It's, but like the, the more out there, the fantasy, the more tame the party ends up seeming to be is what I've heard from a lot of people as far as con parties. So I want to know now that we've been talking about parties, I want to know if you have played room party. Uh, what the yes. room party game? Yeah. N- no. You need to go pick up a copy of Room Party. It's basically a card game that um, you're trying to screw other people's parties up while you have a great party. Exactly. And so they basically, actually, it's like Munchkin, but with a different theme. It, kind of like that, yeah. But but basically, it has an accidental four card. Oh god! In what? It. <laughs> and so basically, you eat one of the people that are attending another person's party That's when you play hilarious. that card. So, oops! You, I ate them. <laughs> you need to pick up that game. It's it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, I was also going to ask you, what are Vor role plays like? So, describe it to us, complete idiots here. What are the, what are the basic things that we're going to see in, in a Vor role play? Yep. Yes. Like you've, t- yeah. Odds are you don't just leap into the role play because if your first message to somebody without even introducing yourself as a person is trying to set up a scene with somebody, you're gonna have a bad time because they're <laughs> yeah. gonna assume all you want to do is role play and nothing more, and don't even want to get them know them as a friend. All right. Well, but let's say that it's on F list. F list. You mean like like you know them right? Okay, so you know the person, you've talked out your likes and dislikes, regardless of what site or messenger it's on, and you have an idea what you're doing. Usually, there's a good setting up the scene that uh, it's not like, oh, I eat you, oh, I'm inside you, and it's done. It's usually pretty involved. I'd say you've got like at least a half hour to 45 minutes of typing back and forth just in that process of going through one person taking the other inside with whatever that means. And then if they're playing the, you know, what happens after, then that could be a few posts back and forth. You know, is there reformation going on? Is there anything extraneous going on because one person nommed another? So, but no, I, I would say it, it's just like any other role play as far as uh, actually going about it. Just uh, there's maybe a little more setup and talking about individual likes and dislikes within before itself all right well we're at that point so what are your final thoughts you have the entire six people that listen to our show at your <laughs> command oh i'm pretty sure you have more than six people listening to your show uh, maybe six uh, and a half now <laughs> seven, we're eating the seventh <laughs> uh Vor oh, I is thought that was a cookie. Sorry. What is, could be like any of the other likes or kinks or anything that somebody's interested with in within the subgroup of furry. Everybody's going to have their own likes and dislikes and, pardon the pun, their own tastes on how Vor is going to be. So 
if you figure out what you are looking for within the VOR community, odds are you'll probably find somebody else interested in something similar. And just like within furries in general, it'll be pretty easy to make some new friends within that kind of group. All right. Well, that's it for the topic. That's it. And we're, we will be back with the, the game. game. For what it's worth, truly is driven by your letters, emails, voicemails, and more. The show would be a lot more boring without you. You make the difference. Here's how you can join in the fun. To comment on today's show topic, visit forwhatitsworth.com and leave your thoughts on the show notes page. You don't need to create an account to do so. Email the show at cast at forwhatitsworth.com for general comments, rue at forwhatitsworth.com, tugs at forwhatitsworth.com, and if you're lonely, koru at forwhatitsworth.com can be used to contact a specific cast member. Voicemail is awesome, and you don't have to type. Call 469 44 furry and leave us a message long distance charges may apply send cookies packages love and not bombs to p.o box 25394 salt lake city utah 84125 united states if you would like to remain anonymous just let us know and we will keep it that way before sending items to the show please be aware we cannot return them to you for safety reasons if you have original music or art you'd like played on the air or displayed on the website, send it to music at forwhatitsworth.com. If you'd like to keep up between shows, check out our Twitter, at For What It's Worth, our Facebook page, or our Google Plus page. It's a great way to get your show fixed and see what we're up to. And now, back to the show. And welcome back from your potty break and eating other people. We hope you enjoyed your your friendly snacks. <laughs> We're so bad. All right, it's time for the, the game. game. Today's game is called The Legend of Mew Ten. Oh, that's going to be ten questions. So, so it's time for ten rapid fire questions for the Mewtwo enthusiasts. So I I guessed uh, a little bit about you when I was writing this game. So this should be right up your alley. Uh, can you answer all these questions about Mewtwo correctly? And you only get one point oh, for each oh correct my. answer. So we're about to see how big your E-peen is. Are you ready? Oh my god. Okay, go ahead. He's going to flip out and hate us after this, probably. Alright, so here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. How many regional Pokedex are in existence? How many regional Pokedex? Yeah, Pokedexes. Are, are you wait are you talking the how many people are holding a pokedex or how many different pokedexes there are as far as the games are concerned the, the latter part you know the how part. there's different regions? yeah you got it, you got it. i would say oh. there's six there's uh johto kanto i think that was the wrong one no it was good keep going that Please. is correct uh, jo uh, yeah johto kanto hoen Sinnoh. Unova, and there's one that I'm missing in there, but yeah, six regions. Awesome. Alright, hold on, I gotta get question two. Question two, what is Mewtwo's national Pokedex number? Meaning the big 150. super one. Say again? A 150. 
That one was a gimme. Yeah, that was a gimme. <laughs> if I if I didn't get that, James was going to get up out of his chair, quit playing his game, and come smack me in well, the head. Well, the UK Pokédex is completely different. This one might be a little bit harder. What location in Pokémon Red or Blue first mentions the existence of Mewtwo? Cinnabar Island. This, the, the lab in Cinnabar Island, the, the scientist entries. I wrote that to be Cinnabar Island, but I decided to make it extra hard. It was actually the Pokemon Mansion. So he got it. He's he got good. it? He's good. Cool. He got the ding. All right, question four. What is Mega Mewtwo Y's unique move? <laughs> oh, God. wait. Unique move? Oh, the Mega Evolutions, depending on if they're X or Y, have different moves. Oh, my God. I, I have tried to ignore the Megas. Let's see. Uh, oh, he's going to love the next series of questions. Oh, God. Oh, unique move. Wait. They they both have Psy Strike. Oh, they they both have Aura Sphere. I honestly don't know what move he has that nobody else has. You well, got me. It's not unique to him. It's just he gains this move specifically you still you want to take another crack at it or uh you got you guys got me what is it insomnia oh that that's not a move that's an ability it's a move he can execute according to the pokedex but that's uh well but here's the thing the move if there's a move called insomnia that's separate from the ability insomnia right. that means he can't fall asleep that's different i thought he couldn't fall asleep anyway actually no that's not true that's what the insomnia ability is okay we'll convert that to an imaginary point <laughs> fair enough fair enough all right rue question five and you were talking about my questions question five <laughs> So, let's see, what Megastone is required for Mewtwo to It would be called evolve. Mewtwo Knight. It depends on the game whether it's X or Y. You got it. That's correct. I'm disappointed that this game is not harder. All right, question six. How many Mewtwo figurines have been created for the trading figure game? Uh, oh, the, I'm so glad you asked this question. It was on, There was one. It was unreleased. It is in, in a set that never came out called Groundbreakers. I have it in my hand right now. I paid 500 bucks for this thing from a figure collector. Uh, you can see it in the Holy Grail section on my website, actually. Yeah, give me the ding on that one. And this <laughs> one's for me because I thought you wouldn't get that. All right, so question number seven. How many times has Mewtwo destroyed the Team Rocket HQ in the Let's main animated see. series? In, in which one? The in main. the what the animated series? The, the main animated series. Not the okay, revivals or revisits or any of those. Uh, well, let's think. In Mewtwo Strikes Bat, look, he blew his way out of the lab. He destroyed the lab. But that was main head. That was not main headquarters. If in Mewtwo Returns, he actually didn't destroy any headquarters. He kind he kind of just made Giovanni forget what happened in the entire events of the movie. So he never actually destroyed Team Rocket's headquarters. Zero. <laughs> Wait, what? He destroys it twice. 
Wait, are we? Uh, wait, the main headquarters? Wait a second. It just said when I was looking it up. It said the Team Rocket headquarters. I believe you probably are right in uh, this case. I, I, I would give him that point because I think he would be. Are a we going to convert it again? Okay, yeah. he gets a conversion. Yeah. All right, you're doing really well. Okay. <laughs> Question. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> I like being alive. Question eight. <laughs> Mewtwo was born from a pregnant Mew plus some science. Where was the pregnant Mew found? Uh. Hang on. Uh, you can't cheat and You're look talking it up. about... You're talking... I'm not cheating. I'm not <laughs> Googling. I'm not doing any of that. But we're talking game canon, right? Yes. I believe that's Guyana, South America. Fuck. I was just talking about that with my boyfriend uh, just a few days ago. So we, there was a rum... We were looking in a liquor store, and I noted that there was a rum made in Guyana, and I turned him and said, Mewtwo would like this rum because it was made in Guyana, which is where the Mew... Uh, uh, DNA was found. <laughs> so question nine. What are Mewtwo's original eye color? Oh my Eyes god. Uh, I, I believe that would be purple. That is correct. I'm getting so incensed over here. <laughs> Alright, and your final question. What's the score over there, Mr. Dry? If you count the converted points, I haven't missed anything yet. Yep. So he's at 7 plus 2 imaginary? Yes. Okay. All right. Question 10. What color is a Master Ball? Oh, that would be purple and white, the same color as Mewtwo, which is why it's so fitting when somebody uses one on him. I am getting miffed when I write what I think are really hard questions, and I'm totally blown out of the water. But I'm also thrilled that you did so well. Uh, I think it's awesome. Don't no, wait it. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Our general difficulty is like we this ask was... we, we do this great big huge story and then we ask this like really random question that has nothing to pertain no, that's to true the or story false. Itself. That's true or false. That's true or false. We weren't playing true or false today. I know, but <laughs> Well, congratulations. You have proved that today I sucked at writing a game. Congratulations. Congratulations to you. Give him a clap. One, two, three. You only get the clap from us. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. (laughs) All right, we have just three emails today. Three small emails, and somehow my email is still stuck on the word vor. Let's get it to the regular mail. Uh, <laughs> it was a really easy way to find what I needed. Where did it go? Oh, here we go. So this one's from Leo. Um, he's going to send us an email later on in the week about what if it means to you, which we'll talk about later. Um, after I heard you guys talk about my situation so if you guys remember uh, he wrote us and was saying that his dad was pretty much abusing him Uh, and I think that was the consensus we had wasn't it Rue? Yes. Okay. He said "Uh, I never realized that it was abuse hopefully when the time comes I will talk to my mom about this. Any whore keep doing what you do and I'll keep listening (laughs) all seven listeners love you guys take care Leo why is any whore becoming a thing? I don't know. I love that it's become a thing. Any whore. Oh my gosh. I must, have, I must have missed that on, on well, the episode where I was going. Yeah. It's all because of Kira. 
Speaking of Kira, she sent an email as well. I'm trying to get to it, but... I got it. Okay, well, go ahead and read it. So, our last episode was about service furries. Uh, she said, I can't believe I forgot, I forgot to send an email to you about this. It was on my to-do list. Well, what do I have to say? I love them. They're awesome, and I hope to actually meet a few in time just to thank them for everything that they've done. Here in Mexico, we have this thing called Servicio Militar, or Military Service where all young Mexican males are required to serve in the military even if it's just basic training. Girls are allowed to participate if they desire, but most do not. Boys are required 100% to do so or else they're not allowed to get any government-funded jobs, which is most. I'd never known what to think about this, but it seems to do good for the country, so I let it be. When it comes to other services, I have mixed feelings. I know in the U.S. policemen feel as though they never get the appreciation they need from their work, and I can understand how that is. Firemen are awesome, and they will always be awesome. One of the furs in my local group is a fireman, and he has told me how hard it really is. Doctors are also quite unappreciated. All of these things are very sad to me. They do so much for us, and we don't do enough to thank them for everything they do. So I want to take this opportunity to thank every single one of them. Thank you for everything you've done, and for everything that you'll do. Kira the Fox. Kira, thank you. You're amazing. I'd like to add teachers to that list. What? Teachers. Yeah? Teachers are amazing, too. We don't pay our teachers nearly enough. Te- yeah, teachers Teachers should get what celebrities get, and celebrities should get what teachers get. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I think the NF- some of the, the players and stuff like that and some of the sports teams need to be paid a little bit less and then give that to our teachers. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like a teacher tax? Yeah, something. <laughs> I-, I could go for that. So we have another email. Do you have it, or do you want me to? I it? I think I have it. Is it about foxes? Yes. Awesome. Let's see. That is pronounced Coochie. Yep. Coochie Rimmer. He sent us an email saying, "Foxes are cool and very sexy," and I agree with you all. What does the fox say? Is getting old really fast? About food. I love food, eat, and to cook it. Um, I'm an avid cooker myself. I love to cook all kinds of food. Um, I found your guys' podcast from Fuzzy Logic. Rest in, I mean, R.I.P. Rest in peace, Fuzzy. We miss you. Um, And you guys are my new um, flavor podcast. Favorite what is up with you in flavor today no no he actually put favorite no he didn't put favorite well it's signed your newest fan coochie the bear he put favor (laughs) there was no flavoring (laughs) well we're glad that you found us we do miss fuzzy logic i miss fuzzy logic a lot yeah i miss him too and now i'm hungry and i really want to eat some shrimp was really random. He was talking about eating good food. Yeah, by the way, thank you for sending that email. We appreciate it. We look forward to hearing some great emails from you. So, so Well, Tugs. We're coming up on the end, so it's time for housekeeping. Oh, well, what do we have? <laughs> well, I thought there were three emails. We read all three. Yeah, but we did three. Oh, okay. Stop playing with your willy over there. <laughs> Hello, what are you doing in the sound booth? Can I watch? <laughs> yes. Sometimes. We charge 199 yeah. per second. There is a reason why it's soundproof in here. <laughs> and there's no cameras. <laughs> so, so, housekeeping. Uh, we have a 
probably about a half dozen, maybe ten emails, somewhere in that range, of what furry means to you. Um, but that's coming up very soon. But we need more, so please send it to us. Send us an MP3 file saying what furry means to you. Or you can call us at this telephone number and leave less than three minute, I mean, a less than three minute um, blur of what furry means to you. Four six Tugs, nine. What is that number? Four Please six nine four four furry. Four sixty nine forty four furry. Oh my god! You that would was... have sixty nine and furry in the number, wouldn't you? <laughs> it was an absolute deliberate pick. <laughs> absolute deliberate. Uh, we do have a. I think we have one or two voicemails, but it's always nice to hear, especially for more emotional things like that, to have you call in. So please do so. So, our next episode. It's the end of season three. What? No, it's not. Not of the show. What? Yep, it's the end of season three. So it's time for the recap. Yay! So send us your favorite moments from season three. So go ahead and send us an email and let us know what was your favorite moment. And just like we did last season, we'll also have our personal favorites and the usual hijinks and announcement flub-ups and all that good stuff. Awesome. I know. Uh, what else? I swear there's one more piece of housekeeping that we were just missing. Oh, I know what it is. Go to UnthroCon. UnthroCon! U. Whee! U-N. Not A-N, but U-N. And you know what? Dealers. If you are a dealer, guess what? We're about 95% full. So you know what? If you want to be a dealer at UnthroCon, make sure that you get that in as soon as possible. We'll have to see if we can have the chair on. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else you wanted to throw out there? Twix, no, I think that bacon. that's it. You guys are just amazing, like always. Yep. And thank you so much, Lucas, for coming on. Of course. Thank you for having me. I was glad uh, that you guys chose me to represent the Vore fandom and to an extent the Mewtwo fandom as well. So, Lucas, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they go about doing that? Uh, the easiest way would be on, uh, for affinity, uh, username Mewtwo, as I've already said, uh, somebody can note me there and, uh, I'll usually dole out, uh, contact info for messengers from there. Also, if you want to see what his e-penis looks like, there's plenty of art of it. (laughs) That there is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? People want to know. Yes. People want to know a lot of things, but... Never mind. Anywho, so this is Rue. This is Tugs. And Kuru. And this this is Lucas. (laughs) Hey, you got it. And you've been listening to For For What What It's It's Worth. Worth. And you have to actually say the show name, too. Uh, Okay. For What It's Worth.